spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the Ascend podcast, we're joined by Todd Akamisis. And Todd is somebody who has been researching and exploring expanded consciousness through expanded states of awareness for more than 15 years, including 15 years through the out-of-body state. And he's been exploring the world of deja vu, astral projection, native experiences, and the mysteries of the world of synchronicity, which we actually talk about and dive into in this podcast. And this is actually Todd's second time that we've had a conversation with him. He's an absolute powerhouse of knowledge and he has so many interesting stories. And this is definitely up there with one of the best conversations that we've been involved with in this podcast. And now we don't say that lightly. Todd's stories about doing synchronicity and hitchhiking adventures and walks are absolutely incredible to say the least. He's basically rolling different types of dices and using the passing world and environment to inform him on what and where to go. His stories and encounters honestly are on another level. And if you would like to show some love and support the podcast, you can do that for our Patreon page. And Patreon basically allows you to crowdfund this podcast. And in return, you also get access to bonus conversations and rants that are not on the normal podcast feed. And the reason why we do that and the reason why we want to put out some bonus rants and conversations because we just want to give something back to the people who are actually supporting the podcast, which is only right. And how access to them bonus rants works, once you become a patron by choosing any amount to support, you will gain access to a patron-only feed that has all the bonus conversations housed. So if you want to become our masters and make us have to do anything that you say, all you need to do is go to the Ascend Podcast Patreon page and become a patron and any amount that you choose will honestly be amazing. So anyway, without further ado, Todd Akamesis, enjoy. Yeah, thanks again, um, Todd, for coming back on the podcast for a second time the first conversation we had was so incredible as well and mm. um, last time we had a conversation we actually wanted to talk about synchronicity with you but the conversation went all over the place and we didn't even get to talk about synchronicity so this time actually I'll try and start it so we can actually talk about synchronicity but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, just for people who don't know, understand what a synchronicity is I mean could you actually just try and define what a synchronicity actually is it's a, an occurrence of two events which are sort of totally unrelated. And a true synchronicity would be an asynchronous um, um, phenomena to where it's probably something that's taken place um, beyond time and space as we're aware of it. So, yeah, it's, it's a very, what most people would say, a mystical experience in itself. And it can be very powerful. I think synchronicity is something that binds all of us across all levels of reality and binds us together and I truly believe from all of my experiences that you know our 
whether you know looking at this from a from a perspective of other dimensions of reality where we have other beings who are all able to communicate with us on this level i believe they use synchronicity you know to do that and you know get our attention through numbers which most of us have probably had experiences of uh, 11 11 is quite a phenomenon in itself yeah. and i think synchronicity is just an amazing tool that can help us uh, kind of like gps uh, it's an internal navigation system that can help us yeah. stay on our path or refine our path so it's definitely a, a, a system for recalibrating us yeah why, why numbers start why why like numbers why not colors or why, why is it numbers sort of like to be honest i think numbers are just a phenomena that's been verified by the consensus i think colors and shapes and symbols in general are also used i, I just think it's not something that's commonly spoken about uh, numbers can be very apparent because you know we have uh, you know digital uh, sort of watches we have uh, you know our mobile phones and a lot mm -hmm. of people will they have so many um, sort of clock faces around their house uh, maybe on the wall on the stove the microwave yeah. so it's more likely you're going to experience something like that mm -hmm. and then when you go out into the world there's a lot of occurrence of numbers where not you know things like uh, license plates street signs um, uh, numbered street addresses so I think it's just um, there's there's more of an increase of a chance occurring in that way versus something like colors, mm -hmm. but certainly yeah, there's I think it happens in all kinds of ways. Yeah, it's interesting that. What is it um, when you when you are doing work in this field? I mean, what is a sort of a common occurrence of a synchronicity? Like, so see if people now don't really are not recognizing them patterns in their life. What's a sort of a regular occurrence that you see in people who spot synchronicities? Um, Sorry, I might want to be a little bit more clear with that. Um, so in terms of, like Chris, you, like you said before, a lot of people, like Chris, he has synchronicities where he sees numbers yeah. and things like that. But what is, in terms of what sort of, where are people seeing the patterns in certain things that are on a regular occurrence that you're seeing and mm -hmm. people who you're coming across with too? Because, like I mentioned, uh, I think synchronicity is something that, uh, you know, a true occurrence of synchronicity is not something that we we personally generate. I think it's something beyond you know, this level of reality in most cases. And I think the synchronizations that people maybe commonly experience are maybe they they will sort of um, think about a friend and while they're walking in the street and suddenly they, they get a feeling to go left instead of right. And then, you know, moments later they bump into that friend. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is pretty common experience. And, you know, I like to take with the synchronicity walks that I run here in London it's sort of taking the uninitiated uh, and really showing them, you know, it's this is true magic as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And so we can experience, you know, sort of back-to-back -back synchronicities. And I think as we talk, people will get a really high-level awareness of what synchronicity looks like and yeah. feels like. And I think that's important. Um, and this is why I love sharing these stories about the walks, because they really open people up, really remind them that, you know, there is something behind our everyday lives because I think sometimes we feel very lonely very isolated mm -hmm. and this is one way of reminding us that we're part of something much bigger yeah I love that just before I want to talk about the synchronicity walks by the way because um, I actually watched a YouTube video on there as well about that I thought it was incredible I want you to upload part 3 as well because I want to see part 3 because I noticed you only uploaded 1 and 2 and I was seeing it Chris I want to watch another 3 you and everybody else on YouTube yeah. I get regular messages when's part 2 yeah <laughs> Before we uh, get there, though, one uh, question that comes to my mind here as well, I'll try and formulate this. But when you were talking about um, 
the sort of um, how you were saying synchronicities aren't created and you were talking about how um, let's see, like say when you go on a synchronicity walk because me, me and Chris have like explored this before uh, you, you brought this to me actually when Chris said he was at work and he was walking down a corridor and he has an option to go right or he can go left or he can go straight on and then he says so he, so he chooses to go left but then he says to himself but if I went right would it took us to the same place eventually do you think because there's a, there's a lot of people like a, a lot of philosophers in the past have said that all roads lead to the same place but with the synchronicity in the work that you've done it seems to be that and I, I'm, I'm just making assumptions here but it seems to be that all roads don't actually lead to the same place if that makes sense I think ultimately we're dealing with one when people talk about things like soul as an example yeah. mm-hmm. I think we're dealing with one soul I think we're dealing with one uh, you know the zero point field that we, we you know we talk about in certain um, circles yeah. and so I think ultimately we're not islands and it's just what we're perceiving in, in any given moment. So if I'm perceiving X, somebody else is perceiving Y. Um, you know, this is why the confusion around things like astral projection and lucid dreams, you know, people wonder, are they one of the same thing? Mm-hmm. Is even dreams themselves a type of astral experience? And I think ultimately it's getting to that awareness that you're just, your awareness is just shifting from point to point within the same energy field, whether we call that energy field the universe, um, you know, God, whatever. We all have our different labels for this stuff. So, you know, with things like synchronicity, I think it's, it's once again, it's just showing you how creative the universe is. And although I do believe that, you know, you could turn right uh, when you were meant to turn left. Yeah. And ultimately, like I said, with GPS, a car's GPS, sat-nav, you know, we've learned to trust it, have we not? We get in the car, we switch it on, and we, we, we you know, set the navigation. If we make a mistake and we turn left when we're meant to turn right, you know, if we just trust that it'll recalibrate in a few seconds, it'll lead us home. Yeah. And I think ultimately life is exactly the same. Because we're not islands, all minds are joined on a deeper level of reality. So therefore, if you are really meant, you know, as part of your life path to meet someone, the universe will find a way. Yeah. I love that. How do you think people can actually connect to that? Because I think it's a lot, it's hard for people, like you said, it's a beautiful way you put it, like a self-navigating system. But how do you think people can connect to that more and and, and sort of tune to that? It's learning to get in a flow state. It's the same, exactly the same again with the sat-nav. You set the sat-nav and then you don't just, you know, you, you set your sat-nav and you don't then keep trying to control it every every step of the way, do you? You have to let go. Once you've programmed it and said, okay, this is where I want to go, you don't keep messing with the sat-nav, do you? Who does that? Nobody yeah, yeah, does yeah. that. <laughs> so, you know, that's just a recipe for getting lost. So it's, it's control is when we find that I think it starts to get in the way of that natural state of who and what we really are, which mm-hmm. is more of a flowing state. And within the flowing state, you can still have uh, organization. But I just think that, you know, people are too used to trying to control every aspect of their life. It makes them feel more certain about things, but we need uncertainty as much as we need certainty. Yeah. And, you know, certain the uncertainty, the variety I'm talking about is uh, new experiences, mm. you know, like they say, the spice of life. So, you know, if you keep controlling, trying to control every area of your life, you're never going to experience anything new. Yeah. So it's the same with synchronicity. If you want to experience synchronicity, you have to be willing to let go. You have to be willing to allow yourself to get lost, to get found. And that's what we do on these synchronicity walks. We allow ourselves through using tools like dice where we roll the dice 
and we're putting all of our trust in the dice. We're ultimately trusting our own intuition. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that a lot of people um, like um, try when they see they're trying to get pulled in a certain direction, they get pulled in so many directions. That's the thing. But how do you like kind of figure out which is which is your path, which is the right path? Is is there just so, sort of like a deep emotional connection where you feel like, yeah, that's me. That is right. I or think, is it, yeah. There's so many things that's drawn me yeah. in my life. There's so many like incredible um, avenues of adventure which I could have just like followed. But there's just something being calling it was about this, like being on the po- being a the podcast host and like, exploring this like nature of reality, talking to guests like you and and really exploring this avenue of life. What's drawn me most is is that just is that definitely my path? Is that we on? To really know the truth yeah, and yes, that. Do you, reckon, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know what you're trying to say, but do you, because mm. this is something I've recognised. I've recognised also um, within that what you were saying there is of, of the ability of different paths. So which, confu- which confuses me even more to realise <clears throat> is this the right path? Because one big path for me at the minute is, and that, this is to be brutally honest as well, but the path for me that I'm like sort of seeing in my life is, and I, I hope that, I hope this sort of ties into synchronicity anyway, but I'm just going to see it anyway, is that, um, like like we've seen with you, I feel a pull to do the podcast. But on the other hand, as well, I feel a pull to sort of travel and travel like travel the world. I feel that pull inside as well. So, but within that, it's sort of like it's hard to decipher that like which is the right path. But it gets to the conversation again. It does like I said before. Is ultimately I ultimately each different path going to lead us to the same place? I don't I don't know. I think one one of the ways I would look at this is like with the example you gave about um, you know being pulled to do podcasting versus going traveling. Yeah. They're not exclusive. Yeah, you can do them. You know, while tra- you can do a podcast while traveling. and I think it's really important that people you know start getting. This is a mindset mindset more than anything else. Most of life is, and I think when you when you're really clear, when you set an intention and you're super clear about what you want, desire, need. Yeah then I find, you know, you can then go that step further. Okay, I get clear about what I want. For example, with uh, uh, lucid dreaming, if I want, I'll get clear. Okay, what do I want to lucid dream about tonight? I want to lucid dream about um, fixing, you know, fixing something around the house. You know, if there's something broken, I want to see if I can use the dream state to help me because the subconscious can process information, you know, 44 million bits of information I was going to say, you can do better than that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hold on, that VCR again. <laughs> but even, broken. even something that might seem, you know, mundane if it's really bothering us. <laughs> and I find that if we can shift our awareness to another state of consciousness where the mind is more clear, we can start making connections that we ordinarily can't make when we're experiencing a state of fear so I think ultimately it's in getting clear with what we want in life our mind ultimately starts to become more organized we the universe itself I find is very uh, it's self-organizing self-correcting so when you get clear about you want what you want it is the ultimate sat nav you know it will use synchronicity um, other beings on other levels, your guides, whatever you want to, you know, sort of uh, label this stuff, your own intuition, gut feeling, that stuff will start to get ordered around your clarity and will start bringing all the resources to you. So I think, you know, it's learning to to have that state of non-resistance, to, to get very clear. Um, if I want to have a lucid dream and I and I say, okay, this is the, 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 the reason, you know, what's my purpose behind that? Does it serve me? Does it serve other people? Because I think ultimately higher consciousness has the same goal for all of us, for all of us to experience, you know, these higher states that 
you know, where we can have very loving interactions. I think it's when we're talking right now, I think when we can really ask these questions, I think we need to be on a, like a calm level state of mind. Um, do you think, would there be any difference if you were in like a highly emotional state or a highly emotional charged event? Would that put your um, synchronized state off sync or would it? Or? I think it ultimately, again, depends on, um, you could say, you know, you can be at a very, you could be in an environment which is highly dynamic and still, I think, have a very focused mind. This is the meditator's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you can meditate for years and not really be meditating. You can practice meditation, but are you actually meditating? Yeah, I can be in a very disorganized um, sort of place and still be very uh, focused. Mm-hmm. So I think it really comes down again to the state of mind, to the state of being. And if I want to experience clarity within chaos, then I have to focus. I have to, you know, zero in on what I'm looking, what I'm looking to achieve. So, again, I think it really just boils down to, to the mindset. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Do you? Yeah, cool. you oh, go, go um, I was going to ask you a question anyway. Um, in terms of um, synchronicity, I mean, do you think? Because I hear a lot of people asking this question as well. So this is where I want to ask you as well. Is there a, is there a difference between sort of let's say like a, a matter of coincidence versus versus a synchronicity? Sorry, a matter of coincidence. Coincidence yeah. and synchronicity. I think there is a difference between them. Um, and I think, you know, a, a synchronicity is a meaningful coincidence, to put it very briefly. Yeah. Uh, and it it has meaning to the person is experiencing it. Not the bystander, you know, because you can be very skeptical as a bystander. But when something is happening to you personally, yes, you can still experience doubt. But we're talking about being in a place to where the experience is opened you up like a cosmic can opener and you can actually see there's something deeper here and i think a lot of us you know it's just learning to trust ourselves to have the courage to go deeper um you know a lot of times when people for example they'll come across spiritual teachings that talk about you know the light and the dark and then they might get confused and think the spiritual teaching was suggesting we don't look at darkness no genuine spirit genuine spiritual teaching would suggest that 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 would be like the equivalent of saying okay i can't look at um newspapers uh, because you know i'm i'm adding negativity to it spiritual teachings you know a genuine teaching would suggest to us um look at the darkness so read the headline but you know you don't stay in a state of fear you have to look at this in a deeper, more meaningful way. And it's the same with all of this stuff, same with synchronicity. If I really want to experience the deeper, you know, real depth to this, I have to be willing to look at it with love. If I'm looking at my life, I'm looking at the outer exterior of the world, you know, and just seeing, you know, the, the effect level and not realizing that I can change the world by changing myself, then we stay stuck. And... You know, this this applies to everyday life. This applies to people at any level where where we're at in life. You know, if we're feeling stuck, if we're feeling isolated, you know, it's it's easy to say change your thinking. You know, it's very easy to say that. But ultimately, we're never saying to people, you know, you have to do this in one go. This is baby steps. You know, in most cases, most teachings are asking you to take this one step at a time. Realize that you cannot do most of this stuff on your own. You need help, and. You know, this is most of the teachings, uh, you know, when it's a very holistic practice, you know, even with astral projection, I just ran a nine day event in France where, you know, people thought they were just coming to learn how to have out of body experiences where they were given a holistic teaching, which meant that 
their relationships would, if their relationships improve, such as their intimate relationships or um, even at, at work with colleagues, astral projection experiences will improve too because nothing's, like I said earlier, separate. We're not islands. Everything is you know, connected on a deeper level. Yeah, that's a beautiful point, by the way. And um, I, I wanted to look like, I've only been really noticing this for like, like about a few weeks actually now so but it's the it's occurrences have been like very vivid to us and it, like you said before it's about numbers i've noticed a lot of like numbers and it started out just by i just seen an article on facebook which says if you look out for this number it shows you a sign of intelligence and it was eleven eleven. and then i was like i just didn't give it a second thought but the next time i looked at the clock it was actually eleven eleven, and i've noticed like the numbers change. It could be like 15, 15, 22, 22. Um, I woke up there this morning. It was six, six, zero, six, zero, six. And <laughs> all these little coincidences or synchronized events from the universe, quote to say, these, like, they're all like screaming was like, something's happening. But I don't know, like, if that, what the message is. Should I be like looking inside and thinking, is this the time to look in or is it the time to look? around us i think it can be it can be various things and i think um when people experience numbers like that i think the universe can be you know or even you know your own subconscious can be asking you to pay attention to what's happening in in the moment so to become more present uh, i think numbers like that are excellent for grounding us in the moment and that's one of the main purposes i find and you know it can also be very good for watching your own thoughts you know, was I dwelling in something negative just then? And is the universe asking me to correct that state of mind by shifting from fear into love? Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, if you're focused in fear and the universe gives you an opportunity to shift and you you sort of lose the opportunity, you know, other opportunities will come. But I think things like numbers are are definitely communications to help us, you know, really become more present with mm-hmm. ourselves. And when we're in a state of fear, we're not being present. We're either sort of obsessing about the past or we're anxious about the future. And ultimately in a state of, you know, when we're present, ego doesn't exist. You know, we're in a state of love and ego is a state. And when, when I talk about ego, I'm talking about the, the fear mind, which uh, the Eastern spiritual philosophies speak of. I'm not talking about the way that we view ego in this Western psychological definition. Western psychology would say it's our character, um, whereas Eastern philosophy says this is the fear mind. It's learned fear. It's not who we are. It's the part that cuts itself off from the one true reality of love. Well, powerful that. I know you slightly touched on this before, but let's see if someone now listening to this now is or watching this is sort of, it, just like Chris as well, as having more occurrences of synchronicities and things like that. I know you slightly touched on it before, but just to sort of highlight it a bit more, what is the best way for someone to identify that? Is it, like you said before, is it just to have a, a more calmer state of mind, or is there, is there other sort of things that you can, you can do like on a practical level? It's like most things that you want to experience in life. You have to have an active practice. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I run synchronicity walks, because, again, it's an initiation. It's showing people how this is an everyday experience. Synchronicity is not something they have to switch on. It's always there. So having an active practice for me basically looks like going out the door, setting the intent to experience maybe a particular number. And that particular number will take me deep down the rabbit hole. 
But what I'm not doing is I'm, I'm not re- reading into something because that's control. I'm being willing to follow that number when it occurs organically. So if I get outside the house and I really want to take it out of my control, I'll roll dice. And let's say I roll the dice and it's a number four. And then suddenly a number four bus drives past or somebody with a jersey with a number four on it, you know, walks past me. I'll follow the bus, the direction it went. I'll follow the person maybe for a brief period of time. Um, I treat them like a white rabbit, you know, follow the white rabbit. Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. And, you know, it can, it can, you know, take you down the rabbit hole in a very, you know, personal way for you. And this is why I love, you know, sort of having mechanisms like the dice to let go of the control. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately I can walk out of the house and say, okay, the first thing that inspires me, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it can simply start in that way, just by being willing to enter a state of, of a flow state. I love when you, um, when you were doing the synchronicity walk and obviously you rolled the dice and it said, follow the white rabbit. Is, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, follow the white rabbit. And um, there was a lady in the pink, in a pink jacket, I think she had like bright white or blonde hair and you followed her and she, you, had, you had to actually go on the tube itself and then when you were on the tube, you had to roll again to figure out what stop you're going to get off at. I thought that was incredible. I mean, you haven't seen it yet. Have it's no, no, no. it's really interesting that? because um, we lose, I call it losing people down the cracks on synchronicity walks yeah. because fear can get the better of people. Um, not everybody got on that train uh, oh, because wow. they, they'll have the fear that they have no idea where the train's going um, or how many stops, you know, we're going to go. And it can be, you know, exceed people's comfort zones. Or they didn't want to pay for, pay for the dream. <laughs> yeah, or, or that's it too. That's still a fear. I've experienced yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, I've yeah. experienced that. We've been staying mm-hmm. at, a, at a bus stop, you know, and experienced synchronicity, like rolling the dice, like I just said, number four, and then a number four bus comes to the bus stop the moment we roll it. And I say to people, okay, let's hop on the bus. There's always going to be that anxiousness from some people thinking I'm going to get embarrassed because I don't have enough money on my yeah, Oyster yeah, card. Yeah. And it's, it's genuine fear. And I, this is why I will say to people at the beginning of the walk, if you need to walk away at any point, you know, because your buttons are being pushed, then that's absolutely fine. You take it as far as you can take it. Um, ultimately, that's what I like to do is just take people to the edge of their comfort zone and then let them go. Let them tumble down the rabbit hole, you know, based on where they're at. If I, I have no need to push people. You know, if I push people down the rabbit hole, then they're just going to get terrified. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this is more of a, a relationship where I'm transparently aware of where they're at. And if I feel they need to bail out, then let them bail out without making them feel shame around yeah. it. What's actual most, in, when you've been doing these synchronicity walks, I think it's so fascinating. I actually want to come on one, by the way, as well. I'm really <laughs> going to come on one. But when you, um, when you have been doing these synchronicity walks, what's some of the most interesting, like, could you actually go into an interesting story where you've, Sure. Across something. One of my favorites is actually has been obviously bursting to get out is around the number four bus. I mean, it's yeah. it's a beautiful experience and it's very, you know, it's it's kind of like a, um, a a regular occurrence on these walks. What I'm about to describe, you know, it's these this is not a unique experience. Yeah. So at the beginning of a walk, we roll a number. Um, to get what we call our group number. And then, like I said, we will follow that number organically. We won't force it. So we rolled the number four at the beginning of the night. So we then set off on the walk. And whenever we experience it in a very natural way, 
then we, re- we, we call it the white rabbit and we'll just follow it deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. So we were about 15 minutes into this walk. We rolled the dice again. We got a second occurrence of the number four. And the moment we rolled it, I looked up and I saw we were underneath the number four bus stop. So I said to people, if the bus comes within like a very short period of time, we should get on it. The moment I stopped, those words came out of my mouth, the number four bus came around the corner. <laughs> and you could see the mixture of excitement and trepidation in people. You could feel it. It was palatable. So I said to everybody, okay, look, let's get on the bus and let's see where this goes. Uh, So people trusted and we all got on the bus. It was about maybe, I guess, maybe 20 of us. We got on the bus. The moment we got on the bus, it started to pour down with rain. And... I immediately started thinking about the the um, trickster aspect of synchronicity, that part that um, literally reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously, to remember to laugh. And what I was sort of imagining was a parallel version of that walk taking place on, a, on another reality where they didn't trust the signs of synchronicity Whoa. and get on the bus and they're now getting wet. You know, because that, that's how reality that works. Mm. So we were on the bus nice and dry because we followed the signs of synchronicity. I rolled the dice again to, to, for how many stops we'd go. It was the number nine. So we went nine stops. The moment we got off, it stopped raining. So it was that's a synchronicity. It's a perfect occurrence of synchronicity. Wow, we got off the bus and somebody had plastered a big bill poster on the wall, on, the, on, on, on a brick wall that read, wait here for further instructions. And it literally, we all just started laughing because it's one of those things where it's in your face. If you had any doubt up to that moment that, you know, this was being orchestrated from another level, it just literally (laughs) washed away. So we we were patient and and we, again, we're following the signs that it was a literal sign. So we waited and we only waited about 30 seconds. A cab driver drove up, his passenger got out. He looked at us and I pointed to the sign on the wall and he started to laugh. And I walked over to him, I said, we're not tourists. We're not looking to go to Buckingham Palace. Could you please do us one simple favor? Just choose a direction for us to walk in without thinking about it. Um, you know, like I said, we're not tourists. We don't need to go in a particular direction. We don't need to see a particular thing. Just point. And he sort of pointed back, um, you know, in one direction. And so we thanked him and we walked that direction. And within just a few minutes, we came across this, um, this uh, building, this apartment building. So these flats. And from the top floor flat, it was just thumping away, this music. And I said to people, I think we're being called to gate crash this party. And it was kind of like, um, I, you know, it was like a tem- I was tempting fate. I love to tempt fate on these walks. I think it's part of it. Again, it's like the, the part of us reminding, reminding us not to take things too seriously. You could see the fear in some people. They'd never done anything like that. They're just, you know, in that social status where they obey these unspoken rules you don't just go and knock on other people's doors just because they're playing you know music that you might feel is uh is is nice so after i said okay look i think you know this is a sign we should we should um go and knock on that door this guy came out of this pub from across the street walked over to us looked at us and he goes you guys look like you're up to something i said yeah we were thinking about uh, gate crashing this party and he goes oh that's such a coincidence um my mates were just bet me that I wouldn't gate crash that party too. So that's now a synchronicity. Uh, oh. It's the occurrence of two separate events. His mates was one event, one event challenging him. 
I was challenging the group. That was a separate event and they just merged. That's a synchronicity. That's a genuine synchronicity. You know, I wasn't causing the people in the pub to make that dare. You know, that was totally unrelated from us. They weren't causing me to challenge my group. Mm-hmm. So it was totally, un- seemingly totally un- unrelated. But again, all minds are joined on a, different, on, a, on a deeper level. So together we went up, we buzzed all the buzzers for the doors, knowing somebody would buzz <laughs> us in because that's how people are. Yeah. Somebody did buzz us in. We went straight up to the top floor flat, knocked on the door. This guy answers the door, I kid you not, with a spliff. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of just uh, high as a kite. And I explained to him what we're doing. I said, look, we're on this thing called a synchronicity walk. We're sort of just randomly wandering around London, following signs of synchronicity. And he sort of, he's just for like, it seemed like 10 seconds, but it was probably just like a a couple of seconds. And he was contemplating what I was talking about, really deeply contemplating it. And then he sort of just said, well, come on in. (laughs) And then like 20 of us plus the guy from the pub go into this guy's house and we all party for the rest of the night. So, you know, and this, this is a pretty common occurrence in the sense that that was a those were back to back synchronicities. It started with me rolling the number four under the number four bus stop and saying, "If the bus comes soon, we should go." And boom, there's the bus. That's one synchronicity. Getting on the bus, trusting synchronicities, trusting the signs, started pouring with rain, and then it stopped pouring with rain as we got off the bus. Another synchronicity. Um, it was which was literally connected by the roll of the dice. If I would have rolled an eight, would it have stopped raining before we got off the bus? Mm. So, you know, it's stuff like this which really drives me to wonder how far can you push this stuff? Uh, you know, I push it beyond synchronicity walks. I go on synchronicity hitchhiking trips. I was going to see that. Yeah. yeah. And on the hitchhiking trips, I do, I get a little bit more outlandish. Like, for example, on my last hitchhiking trip, I had two type of dice. I had my regular sort of six-sided dice, which would help me sort of choose... Um, you know, various things like, do I go left? Do I go right? I can use it in a binary way. Yes, no. Uh, And then I had a kindness dice. And the kindness dice had things on it such as smile at a stranger and give a gift to a stranger, things like that. So I I used my regular six-sided dice to choose between the three signs, the hitchhiking boards that I had. So most people will hold up a sign that says, you know, if they're going from London to Glasgow, it would say Glasgow. That way you want to get a long haul lift, somebody who's going all the way instead of just local traffic that keeps dropping you off in awkward places. But I wasn't going anywhere in particular. I didn't have a destination. I was just out to experience, you know, raw experiences. So I had three signs. One of them said, um, astral planes, which would mean cool. not very much to, to most people. <laughs> that is really cool. um, there is that one yeah. <laughs> And then I had another sign that said, um, uh, are you dreaming or awake right now? Oh, Pull over one. to do a reality check by picking me up. And the third sign read, abduct me. And <laughs> like, <laughs> and That could be dangerous so I, as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I rolled the dice and the dice pointed to the sign that was the um, abduct me sign. And then I had to roll the kindness dice. And I rolled the kindness dice and it said, smile. So I had to hold up this sign that said abduct me while this broad <laughs> smile on my face. And you could imagine, you know, that could lead to all sorts. What country was that in? Is that it? was here in the United oh, Kingdom, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was actually hitchhiking from... Definitely could be dangerous. <laughs> I was actually in Wales when that took place. I was Even at a more dangerous. Station. <laughs> so I think the the point I'm trying to make is when you've let go, when you've really truly let go of control, when you're in a state of non-resistance, a loving state of non-resistance, because you can be in a fearful state um, that can lead you into 
you know, fearful pathways. So a loving state of non-resistance where you can experience a heightened state of spirituality where I feel you can maintain that level. And I think this is the fear. When people start experiencing these back-to-back synchronicities, they might think, I've got to come down at some point. I've got to come down off this high. But I think that's just our conditioning. We, we have what's called foreboding fear. When things are going really well in life, we start to almost... Um, um, prepare for things to go wrong by stifling good feelings. Yeah. We're basically saying to ourselves, if I practice, and we're not doing it as a, as a conscious thing, we're literally, uh, foreboding fear is where we're suppressing joy. We're suppressing a good feeling uh, because there's a part of us that's thinking, okay, life's going too well at the moment. Something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure I don't get blindsided when it goes wrong by not ex- allowing myself to experience these these higher feelings, this loving feeling. I'll just hang out here at like, you know, 40%, 50%. I'm not going to go any further than that because I don't want to get blindsided. I'm going to control how I feel when things go wrong. But ultimately, that's the fear mind. That's the ego. That part of us that makes us think we're never going, it can, it can protect us from feeling such things such as, you know, shame, um, you know, uh, judgment, criticism, when ultimately all of these things are part of the human condition. You can't avoid them. So it ultimately becomes a trap. It makes you think, okay, you you don't have to feel these things. And then when you do feel these things, you would think something else like this, because this is the trap. The trap is, ah, I wasn't perfect enough with, you know, Mm. controlling that emotion. Next time I will control my emotions even more. So it remains a trap. So ultimately, it's learning that to be who and what we really are, it's, it's being willing to have that loving state of non-resistance. I'm not going to resist joy. I'm not going to resist loving my partner right now for the fear that she might leave me someday. Because there's a good chance she's going to leave you someday if you're always repressing your joy, if you're always repressing love because you're trying not to get blindsided. It's a trap and it will only lead to bad situations. So when I'm on these journeys, you know, I know I can stay at these heightened levels. It doesn't mean on these heightened levels I will always, I will will never experience fear. It just means that I can better deal with fear because... I'm keeping myself in a, a, a state of love to where my mind is more clear that when things do start to go pear-shaped, I don't have to stay in that state. I don't have to dwell in it. I realize that I have support because when you're in a state of love, you do see the support that's there. I think as well, the majority of fear is also um, unknown-based. So when you're actually going on these synchronicity walks, you're taking away the unknown, which is preparing you beyond that state of fear. And that's what's more powerful I've really recognized as yeah. well. But another thing, and a lot of people are going to be thinking about this, is what happened when you hold the abduct me sign. Yeah, yeah, that's the question. I was <laughs> so I'm not getting away with that. Um, I, was I waited. <laughs> I typically wait about 15 minutes maximum before I get a lift. I always have a great, you know, easy time getting lifts. It took five hours to get a lift. <laughs> now, I don't think that was because, I think it was because it was... I've, I've experienced this thing before. When I've had the moment where I've been on the road way longer than average, I think it's usually because the person I meant to pick up the lift with isn't on the road yet. Oh, I like that. And I've experienced that so many times now that I trust it. So I just stood there on the side of the road, um, had patience like a Jedi master, uh, <laughs> and decided, okay, I'm not going to try and get a lift. I'm just going to have patience because if I try, I could be there all day. 
um, that would mean force. I'm trying to control things. And if you're trying too hard, usually, you know, it's like riding a bike. You can mm -hmm. fall off the bike when you're trying too hard. And the same with life in general. So I thought, I'm just going to be in the non-loving state of non-resistance. I'm going to continue to focus on loving thoughts and know that um, the, per the, the universe keeps a perfect set of books. If I'm meant to get a lift with a certain person, I just have to be patient. So I was patient. Five hours later, the perfect occurrence of synchronicity. This guy rolls down his window. He goes, where are you going? I was like, where are you going? You know, because I wasn't going anywhere in particular. He's like, oh, I'm heading to this place called Bedford. And I was like, Bedford? I was like, that's where I live. You know, I'm, I'm in Wales now. And, and that's like a three and a half hour drive back into England, um, you know, to where, but I wasn't planning on going to Bedford. I was on a hitchhiking synchronicity trip. And my and I told him about all this. I got in the car and I told him about all this stuff. And I said, what's interesting is my girlfriend uh, keeps sending me text messages saying, I hope synchronicity brings you back to me sooner rather oh, than later. Wow. Yeah. You know, and she's a powerful manifester. Mm -hmm. So I explained that to him and he goes, well, wow, isn't your girlfriend going to get a lovely surprise when I drop you off right on the door? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I've just started this trip and, I, and I'm meant to be out here for a couple of weeks. And then he turned that around on me, he goes, but didn't you just explain that you're following the signs of synchronicity? Yeah. Wouldn't you call this a synchronicity? And it was like, I looked at him like, who are you? Some sort of, <laughs> you know, cosmic, you know, um, yeah. synchronicity yeah, sure, sure. master, <laughs> you know, come to test me and, and with my practice. <laughs> and it was, it was hilarious. And I, and I, sur I had to surrender to it. Although oh, that part of me wanted to control the experience, you know, thinking, no, this isn't fair. I've only been out like two days. I'm supposed to be out for two weeks. That was me trying to control things. Oh, and wow, so yeah. I totally surrendered. Three and a half hours later, we're back in Bedford. He drops me off. My girlfriend's like so happy. And she said to me, look, you know, darling, I, I realize this is a synchronicity. Maybe it was just bringing you back for the night. Honestly, didn't pee him. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then it can be, you, she said, you can be out again the next day, but I'm so happy that yeah, you're here. Cool. And she had no resistance to me being back on the road the next day. So it's, it's literally, it was the loving state of non-resistance. That's incredible. If I resisted going back, who knows what would have happened? Maybe I would, I'm not saying something bad would have happened. Something equally, you know, incredible could have happened, but they're not exclusive. Mm -hmm. I could have followed the signs, gone left when yeah. I was meant to go right, you know, because ultimately all minds are joined. It's all going to lead the same roads. I can go back to Bedford. Yeah. I can be with my, my girlfriend for the night and then I can hit the road again. And, and ultimately synchronicity will resynchronize me with where if there was somewhere I was meant to be or a person I was meant to you know, meet or whatever. It's just learning that the deeper we go with this stuff, the more we learn to trust ourselves, the more courage we can have to follow our inner guidance, which is our inner sat nav, our inner sort of guidance yeah, yeah. system, which is synchronicity. Yeah. So, so, so I'm still playing the audience here. Yeah. So, I know what the audience will be thinking. I was going to be playing the audience. Do you get on a well. plane as well? Do you, would you fly across the country? <laughs> every is, time, is there a passport brought as well? Every time I do this, I take my passport with me. Oh, wow. Because I'm, I'm really open to experiencing how far I can go with this. And I've experienced that, I've experienced that several times on these trips. You know, a couple of years back, I, I had no plans to go anywhere in particular. And I took my passport with me. And I'd posted on Facebook that, Facebook that I was now on the road. And one of my friends who was on his way to Malta via, via Dover, you know, taking the ferry, he was driving over. He just sort of answered my post on Facebook. And he was like, where are you at? Because I'm near Dover. 
And I was like, oh my God, I'm like an hour away from Dover. I could have been anywhere in the country by that point. And so I rolled the dice. Am I meant to go to Malta? And it came up, yes. So I got like almost one lift from where I was at, got to uh, Dover and basically went to Malta and had an extraordinary experience. So... You know, yeah, is the answer. What was the extraordinary experience? (laughs) The extraordinary experience was one of my most profound out-of-body experiences. And the guy basically uh, that I went down with, he has a house in Malta. And underneath the house is a cave, which he's got sort of, uh, he he sort of uh, whitewashed. It's really quite beautiful. And he's got these beautiful speakers that create this wonderful acoustic experience. And in the middle of this, when he flipped on the light, when we went down, he opens up this iron gate and it's just like, and he switches <laughs> well, on this, dungeon yeah and he switches on this light sort of automatically and in the center of this room is this modern chase lounge chair and i said to him that's where i'm sleeping he was like you know five levels to this house and you choose you know the, the cave yeah. and i was like it has to be i mean this is where i like to you know practice my my out-of-body stuff which i which i like to practice on a regular basis and it led to led to me having you know being in the place to have one of the most profound experiences OBE wise I've ever had. Okay. So I think it was all linked. And even in when I was in England, uh, an hour away from Dover, I was feeling a tug on my energy field that I sometimes feel when I when I'm about to have a very profound out of body experience, something that forever changes me. And I can literally feel this experience happening like days in advance of the actual experience because ultimately i feel like a lot of modern physics is starting to suggest that the future can influence the past and the past can influence the future i was already being influenced by an experience which was taking place in a probable future so it was just a matter of you know sort of being in the state of non-resistance saying to myself okay you know feeling the tug and and feeling okay letting go and thinking let's let's see where this goes yes. so yeah this stuff can be fun and it can really synchronicity to me is a recalibration tool if you're it's like med it's like almost any spiritual practice whether it's meditation prayer you name it when you're in meditation the willingness is to let go of my everyday drama in this moment the willingness is to let go of the mortal world briefly so i can go into spiritual reality so I can go into a reality beyond the physical plane. And the deeper I go into those realities, like a spiritual reality, the more power I start you know, to sort of surround myself with that I can then bring back to the physical realm and then have a better relationship with the physical world. Because if I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am more than my physical body, that majority of me resides outside time and space as we're aware of it, it helps me better navigate the physical plane because I'm comfortable with the fact that there is a bigger part of me that is that has my back, wow. that is watching over me yeah. and sees that bigger picture of my life that I may not always be able to experience, but the more I experience spiritual reality by being willing to take a break through meditation, through prayer, through all these other wonderful practices, Qigong, you name it, I'm willing to get present basically. And the more present I become, the more clear my mind becomes, the more my, my nervous system, which is the antenna, our psychic antenna to who and what we really are, the more I can start to download information, the more I can start to you know, have communications, messages passed to me that can help me with my everyday life. 
That's cool. Love. I was, do you think, does that, a good, place, you looked, does that a good place to leave? No, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I I've got ask a few you. more questions, but I don't know. No, it's an awesome <laughs> place. Honestly, uh, I want to know if you've I'm ever experienced that. Have you ever experienced that? I'm actually interested in knowing if you've ever had a moment. I, I've had a moment like that. Maybe, maybe I have, but I haven't been able to recognise it. Mm. Maybe I have. I get them good feelings all the time where I have feelings that some things are trying to give us messages. But mm. I don't know if I'm fully connecting to them. I don't. I don't really know. Well, you're gonna look out for it now. <laughs> <laughs> start with numbers. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna start looking out for it. I'm definitely gonna start putting myself in more situations where I can experience an active practice, Dan. An active practice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just like with uh, shifting from fear to love. You know, when people, you know, nobody likes to feel anxious. Nobody likes to feel stressed. Nobody f- likes to feel depressed. And this is why we need things like an active practice. So for me, when I start to experience the feelings of foreboding joy, as an example, where let's say, for example, um, let's say my, my girlfriend goes out for a night with her girlfriends. And what can be a typical thing that you can get spun out fear, fear-wise? What if she meets some amazing you know, guy when she's out? You know, that's now the fear mind. If I stay in that fear, things are only going to get really bad because she's then going to come home later and I'm going to interrogate her. I'm going to give her 20 questions. You know, who did you meet? Was there any men there? Blah, 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 blah. And that can only be a recipe for disaster. So to shift from fear to love, I have to do something like, I have to use gratitude as an example. So I would do something like, universe, I want to thank you for bringing the most special woman in the world to me, my perfect soulmate. Someone who looks after me in ways no other human being has ever looked after me. I'm deeply grateful. I'm shifting from fear to love through gratitude. And when I'm back in a state of gratitude, I'll visualize, you know, my girlfriend and I together in a beautiful moment to really, you know, properly cement myself back in the present moment and back in a state of love. Yeah. Here's a question as well. We'll keep, we'll keep it rolling. I'm just worried about the camera <laughs> for some reason because obviously I just know what it's like. Easy. The battery's running very low, people. <laughs> very low. But anyway, here's a, if, if, if the universe wants us to keep doing this, it'll keep that on. <laughs> but here's a quick question. Yeah, yeah, boom. <laughs> but here's a quick question. Um, Don't test it. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up soon just in case. We do not let the universe play games with us just in case. <laughs> it is a trickster. It is You're a tempting fate. Yeah, yeah. You are. You're perfectly pushing. Everyone answer this question. <laughs> But what what inspired you to, to first initially do like a, um, a synchronicity hiking? Uh, sorry, not hiking. Synchronicity hitchhiking. Um, what what was it? The third the thing that like, what I was think it, what, was what it, inspired what, sorry, me actually was sorry. when I was. I was, talking, sorry, go I, ahead. I was going to say what was that? I want to actually try and dissect what was the moment where you were like what what was the thing that you were actually doing? When was the because I think we all have these times of inspiration where say if I'm sitting somewhere I'm doing yoga I when I do yoga I always get these moments of inspiration where I'll say yes I'll just do this what was the exact moment what you what what's the thing that you were doing were you doing I was actually practice? sleeping wow and I was woken from from sleep with this inspiration from what we'd call a dream yeah and I I got up and I posted the first ever synchronicity walk which was about eight years ago now yeah. and 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 I, it was again. It was one of those things where I trusted that this was something that was meant to be born into this world. And synchronicity is nothing new. Probably people have experienced synchronicity walks in their own way. I've just given it a label. Yeah. But you know, I think the foundation for this was set, you know, in my teen years when I went hitchhiking, yeah, yeah. and I had no money to my name, but I trusted that. You know, I, I just felt I was part of something bigger and I needed to I needed to push myself beyond the comfort zone I was in at the time. 
And I experienced back-to-back synchronicities back in that day, which was like my rite of passage into manhood. And it was a beautiful series of experiences over three years that really did, I feel, make a man out of me. You know, it took me from, you know, that in-between state of not quite being a boy, but not quite being a man. And it was three years on the road, having a lot of very powerful experiences. And I really feel that it was a, it was an initiation. I think we'll definitely leave it there. I'm yeah. not going to test this universe <laughs> no longer. <laughs> and you go, what a cool podcast that was. Cool. <laughs> what a podcast. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Chris. What Thanks, a Dan. podcast that was, man. Wow, what a podcast conversation that was. Absolutely loved our time with Todd. Such an interesting guy. And really loved his stories about synchronicity hitchhiking. So fascinating and really funny at the same time. I'm definitely going to be going on one of his synchronicity walks in the near future. And honestly... You've got to check out the synchronicity walk that Todd recorded using a GoPro and I'll put the video, the full video to that in the show notes. Really is such an interesting watch. And also please check out Todd's website, Pandora Spa, which is basically a spa of the mind. It's dedicated to the exploration of consciousness and human potential. And also check out the Pandora Star, which is basically a light device that generally guides the brain in altered and expanded states. And this is basically the device that we talked about last time we had Todd on the podcast. And me and Chris also experienced it as well. And basically it sort of induces like a psychedelic experience, which is really interesting. And that is also at Todd's website. If you want to check that out and experience that. And all the links to that are in the show notes as well. And if you believe in what we're doing here and you feel that we bring value in your life please just consider supporting the podcast for our patreon page and any amount honestly you choose will be a massive help and me and chris as you know now are traveling around the different parts of the country now bringing you some of the epic most epic in-person conversations and me and chris actually just drove 16 hours last weekend to bring you some amazing conversations and they really are amazing and even if we just get enough money each week to cover our train tickets or petrol each month that would be incredible and as you know, we've never bombarded you with shitty ads or shitty products that just don't serve you. So if you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do that is through our Ascend Patreon page. So anyway, we'll catch you next week where we have another amazing episode. Peace.